Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? I know some of you, you know, control freaks and uh, people don't like change. And what are we doing right now? And uh, we are experimenting, changing the flow of our service and our whole hearts to minister better, minister more effectively. And so um, I know you're wondering, where, are we going to take up an offering? Trust me, we will take up an offering. <laughs> No, that's going to be at the end of the service. And let me tell you why we're doing what we're doing. We definitely want a better flow. And there's some things on the end of the service we wanted to have and do a little bit better at. And we wanted you guys to leave out of here worshiping the Lord. So there's going to be a time of worship at, after every service, okay? So bear with us as we kind of change some things a little bit, how we move around things and do things a little differently, okay? Is that cool? So you, the announcements were actually at the beginning of the service, but I do want to announce this. This is the Home Run movie. We bought rights to show this movie. It'll be shown next Sunday evening, November 10th, here at the church. I want to encourage this free event. encourage you to come, invite somebody. There'll be concessions and, and stuff like that there. I watched the movie this, this last week, and it is amazing. I mean, it is a great... How many of you guys have actually saw the movie it is an excellent movie. I want you to come, invite somebody here, be here in the sanctuary, and, uh, and there'll be cafe will be open and everything else. Amen? God's good, isn't he? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another praise. That was an awesome time of worship. Amen. Well, we're on a series called Baggage, and this is the final installment of the series, and we're going to be talking today about depression. You can look in your bulletin. There's some notes you can follow along on with. This really hits home to me because I have dealt with depression in my life. I don't know about you. Um, I'm going to say this word. You can write me letters why I shouldn't say it in church. Depression sucks. It is not of God at all. And I don't know two ways about it, but I tell you what, I'm going to go through and show you some things that have helped me overcome depression in my life because I believe it definitely is a spiritual battle. And I believe God, if you've been dealing with depression, been dealing with discouragement, um, even sadness, I mean, whatever you're going through, I tell you what, I believe God is here to heal and to restore in your life. And I promise you, this happened during the first service. People really got ministered, and I believe there's people are going to get set free from depression. Let's bow our heads, let's close our eyes, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always good, and we just receive it now with joy and gladness. And that, Father God, we allow it to come and take root in our life, God, because, God, we want to follow you with all that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, look in your notes and you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And I'll be there in just a minute. One of the things that I've gone through in my life definitely has been in the area of depression. And, um, you know, for the last few weeks, we've been going and talking about baggage, taking off the stuff of our life and releasing them to the Lord so we can live really the life of God. And God has an awesome life for you to live. Jesus said in John 10, 10, he says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so a lot of times as Christians, we really don't live the abundant life that God has for us. And we've looked into uh, different types of baggage, look at emotional baggage, the baggage of addictions and everything. But this baggage, the baggage of depression, I mean, you can try uh, to discipline yourself on these other issues, but on the 
thing, the, the baggage of depression, it just seems like it's always with you. It's a feeling that you feel when you wake up in the morning. It's a feeling when you go to bed. It's a feeling that you carry around with you every single day, seems like, of your life. And it seems like you can't get away from it. And it's a, it's a stronghold in people's lives. And I don't know but where you're at right now. It may not be in the sense that you wouldn't say, well, I'm not depressed. But you may be sad. You may be discouraged. And it just may be whatever you call it. We've allowed the enemy a stronghold in our life. And as believers, we don't need to do that. And a lot of times we even say, well, maybe that's for another guy. But a lot of times, and what, what the terrible fact is in our life here in this world, is that somewhere, some way, we're going to be dealing with depression. And if it's not with us, it's going to be a mom or dad. It's going to be a son or a daughter. It's going to be a friend or family member. Somewhere it's going to be a part of your life. Because I know when I'm depressed and I allow depression in my life and continue to run in through my life and don't take charge of it, it not only hurts me, it hurts the people around me. You can ask my family. When I, you know, the, the thing is when mama's not happy, no one's happy. I mean, that's, that ha- when someone's depressed in your house and you really love the people in your home, like everyone does, look to your neighbor and say, I love you. And even in a sense, in the body of Christ, this affects us. That when someone's depressed, it affects everyone in their surroundings. And the crazy thing about depression is that it can happen for many different reasons. It, can, it may be different for you and different for this other guy, but it can it happen. And a lot of times, somewhere along your life, you probably have dealt with depression. In some way. It's been in there. Here's the deal with about depression. It's a silent killer. Now depression doesn't always lead to suicide. Some people live their life depressed. And what it kills, it really kills the inside of you. I mean you wake up in the morning and you can't get away from it. You're at lunch with your friends and it seems like it's something still nagging at you. It's something that seems like it's, it's always there. We try to hide it. You go to your kid's soccer game and you just try to hide it and try to put on the face, but it's a, it seems like it's constant. It's a constant sadness. It's a constant discouragement. And a lot of times it's the way we lead our life. We'll be led out of that discouragement and out of that depression. And you try to fake it, and you're struggling in the inside of you. You show up to church week after week, and you're just depressed. There's some bright spots in your life. doesn't mean it's 24-7, but it's there. And it's almost like an anchor to your soul. That it anchors you into one place all the time. That you try to get around it, and you try, oh, try to think positive. And then you try to think positive, and all of a sudden, something just pulls you right back down. You want to be this great parent, but you're always thinking that you're not good enough. You want to be this great husband or great wife, and you're just never good enough. You want to be this great worker. You want to do this and this for God, but it just seems like you try to go through it, and something anchors you back down, and that's that depression. You want to be free. I know in the the thickest times of my depression, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be free. I just didn't know how. I didn't know how to get out of that. 
I was continuing to allow my thoughts to rule me. And the more they rule me, I tried to, you know, to escape playing a video game or escape, you know, doing something else with the family or escape by spending money or something else. But it never worked because it would always come back at me. Nothing ever satisfies me. And here's what happens. Us as believers, if you're a believer, that means you follow Christ in here today. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means we don't wrestle in the things that we see. It's, it's an inner thing. It's a spiritual thing that's happening. It's a spiritual fight to destroy your life. Depression hits at the very core of who you are. And everything can be going even great around me. I have had some of the greatest times. My family was great. Finances were great. My ministry was great. Everything was going great. Except I wasn't inside. The depression can hit in any amount of time, wherever you're at. It's not always about what the circumstances is. It's what we think and what we perceive is going on. And it's that fight the enemy, the devil, is trying to come against you. See, a depressed Christian is turned inward. And when we become inward focused and we turn inward in our life, though we have the capacity to release the joy of God and to release the presence of God, I know in the deepest time of my depression, I knew God was there. I knew I could release that. I knew I just didn't know how, and it seemed like I kept on getting stuck. I wanted to, but it seems like, it, you know, be honest with you, depression is an addiction. You're addicted to thinking those negative thoughts. And even though I want to worship God, and even though it's out there, and I, I want to have the joy of God, and the joy of God is a lot better than depression, trust me. I know it's there, and I can release that. But it doesn't go because I became so, I entertained it so much where I become so inward focused. And I've become like a dead sea where water flows in, but nothing flows out. For that reason, everything becomes it. That's why depression kills. It destroys your inner man. And as for believers, we can get wrapped up in discouragement and, and anxiety and fear and be, and be depressed. And if we allow it to prolong in our life, we become very self-absorbed and it hurts us on the inside. And it kills our inward man. And which is really the strength of our life, right? Your inner man is who you really are. And that's why discouragement, depression, anxiety and fear, it can destroy your inner man. And put it down where it's supposed to be up high and it's supposed to be ruling and reigning in your life because that's where the Holy Spirit is connected to. We push it down and we decide to just continue to think on the flesh, continue to think on the bad stuff that goes on. And when we do that, we, we devoid it of its power. You know what your inner man's power is? The joy of the Lord. Nehemiah talked about that, and he had to go through some depressing time. And he says, the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. And instead of being occupied about something greater, we're occupied about what we aren't all the time. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. Well, <laughs> I never had that one. But, um, you know, we get occupied by what we aren't instead of occupied by who he is. And we need to be occupied by who He is, the greatness of our God. And see, you are not away from that. You as a believer are welcomed into the greatness of God. He just says, I'm great, and you guys can just look at me. No, He says, I'm great, and you come in with me. 
And you come in and let me hold you in my greatness. You come in and let me, you live in my greatness. And that's what God wants for us. That is what's there for the believer. But we just get in this place of depression. And we have a lot of people that are battling depression. We have a lot of people that's battling this, per, this perpetual sadness, this discouragement in our life. It may be fear, it may be anxiety, but this, if you really want to be free from depression, this is what you're going to have to do. You have to take off the mask that you have on. And you're going to have to get honest about where you're at. You're going to have to be honest about what's going on in your life. You've got to be honest right now. You've got to take that off. And the first thing, if you want to be released from depression, you want to be released from that constant discouragement, you've got to seek help, number one. You've got to seek help. You just can't just live your life on your own. You've got to seek help. You've got to get help from somebody else. Here's the thing I want you to know. You can't do it on your own. We are never, have never been meant to do it by ourselves. You're never meant to do it by yourselves. That's why Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can pick him up. But pity the man who falls and has nobody to pick him up. You are meant to do it with other people. You are meant to do this life with other people around you, helping you, talking to you, living this life greater than by yourself. You know, as a church, this isn't it. Sunday mornings is not it. This is not the only thing. Church is doing life together with other people. This is, at the very least, church. No less than this. But it's a lot more. That's why we say around here, over 90% of the ministry goes on outside of Sunday morning. Because you and I are meant to minister to one another. You and I need one another. Man, I learned that so long ago. Really, four, over four years ago when I started getting sick. And really, just two years ago when, when just things just went really bad for me. And I remember this, and this just reminds me of this, is that um, we had parked outside is before a sa- Saturday night service. And um, I was getting out and I was just very weak. And I just really couldn't stand. I couldn't do anything. And, and Lisa brought the wheelchair around and it was in the hot, the heat of July, 100 and some degrees out there. It was just hot. How many of you guys remember that a couple years ago in 2011? And, um, and I get out of the car. I couldn't drive at that time. And I get out of the car and I get out there and at least I brought the, the wheelchair around and was doing other things going in, but for some reason the wheelchair didn't get locked down completely. And so I got out, and I'm wearing jeans, and I'm ready for service, you know. And uh, I get out, and the wheelchair moves, and I fall down. And I'm here, I'm holding down, and I'm bending on, on the wheelchair. My, my knees are touching the ground, but you got to understand that hot asphalt all day long was burning my knees. And I tell you what, I could not do it. I could not lift myself up from that position. And I did everything I could do to keep my knees. I I have two scars on my knees where it burnt into my skin. And it bled for really months. It kept on and just would not heal. And all I could do was just cry out for help. See, depression does that. Discouragement, consistent discouragement does that. Where it gets in your life, 
And you really can't do anything until you cry out for help. Help came to me in the form of a guy who looked like Jesus, Luke Nettleton. <laughs> he picked me up, put me in my wheelchair, and all was good after that. Amen? See, you need help. So where are you going to seek help at? Well, you're going to get involved in a smaller group than this. You're going to get involved in one of our lifestyles. You're going to get involved in Celebrate Recovery. You're going to get involved in something where you can go and receive help. You need that. You need to get involved in something where somebody can speak into your life in a greater way. You're going to go to somebody and they're, you're going to, they're going to look at you and they're going to say, how are you doing? And it's not going to be like we do on Sunday, how are you doing? Okay, but they're going to say, how are you doing? And you're going to look at them and they're going to look at you and say, are you sure you're doing okay? That's what every single, I have that one in my life. How many of you guys know Brother James, James Johnson? He used to be one of our elders. He'll ask me that. He says, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing fine. He'll look at me. Okay, now tell me really how are you doing? I need that. I need that in my life. Because I'm not meant to do it on my own. And when you do that, this is what you're going to find. You're going to find that and then you're going to get accountability. And that's what that is. That's accountability. I need that accountability in my life. And I'm going to surround myself with godly men and women. And you need to surround yourself with godly men and women. You're going to take off your mask. You're going to realize you're going to need to seek help. And you're going to get it. And maybe there's some of you in here that that depression goes way down deep because of really strong hurt. Maybe you were hurt physically. You were physically abused, sexually abused, emotionally abused. Maybe there are even some other deeper hurts in that. And you need to seek out some Christian counseling. We can help you with that. But the thing you're going to do right now is you're going to decide, I need help. I I need to seek help. And this is what I'm going to do. There's a little line on your insert. And you're going to, it's blank right there. And I want you to, and it says, what are you going to do? What are you going to seek after? I want you to write it down. If you're not in a small group already, you're going to say, I'm going to get into a small group. I want you to make that decision. I'm going to go to CR. I'm going to seek out Christian counseling. See, this is what we're about. We're about really seeing you healed of that. Because I'm telling you what, I don't want anybody in this congregation to go through depression. I don't want anybody to go through what I went through in my life. Because it's, it's from the enemy. And it's, the purpose of it is to kill your life. And there is a life of God. And there is a joy of God. And I tell you what, when I was depressed and saw somebody else laughing, I wanted that. And the thing about it is, I believed a lie that I couldn't have it right now until my circumstances changed. And that's completely wrong. You can have the joy of God when everything's falling out around you. You can still be in the joy of God and live in the presence of God. And by and nothing by any means shall harm you. That's the heart of God. And some of you are sitting here today and says, Pastor Sean, that's me. I've been flying solo. Well, it's time not to anymore. It's time for you to come to that place where you say, God, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. And I need help. And you're going to go to it. And you're going to get it. And you're going to write those things down. And you're going to get into that here. One of the things we're going to be doing here at Cornerstone Church is that we're going to go through a book called The Circle Maker. 
And it's by a pastor named Mark Batterson. We're going to do that in January, starting January 12th, which is actually the 30th anniversary of Cornerstone Church. And the whole purpose of that is getting people involved in seeing prayer that really works in their life. How many of you guys want, when you pray, to see things happen? Amen? And that's what our whole heart is. So you'll be seeing a lot about that in December. But in December, we're creating a bunch of new groups. Get involved in that. Get involved in something smaller than this. Get involved with other people. And God's going to see something. I believe you're going to be released of that depression. You need, need somebody else in your life. So seek help. The second thing came out of a story that I was looking at one day. In a story about Jesus, and he was on in a time of seclusion, came out of that seclusion and went to Capernaum. And what happened is, is that Jesus was there, and you know thousands followed Jesus. And so he was coming to this town, probably just didn't want anybody to know what was going on in Mark, in Mark chapter 2. And here he is, didn't want anything going, but he finds himself at this house. And so what does Jesus do? He just starts teaching about the kingdom of God. And so here Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God and hundreds, maybe thousands, I don't know, but there was a lot of people in this home. It was so crowded. People were surrounding the house. It was just hard to get around to. Just understand, thousands of people trying to get in your home. How many guys think they just don't fit? And they're wanting to. There's a man who was paralyzed for 18 years in that town. Heard about Jesus. And he heard, heard about Jesus coming, so he, he asked four friends, or four guys, or four people, I don't know what they really were, to come and help him go to see Jesus. So they got a stretcher, put him on a stretcher, and took him across town and went to see Jesus, but they couldn't get in. Because of all the people that was surrounding them, they went to one door, couldn't get in, probably tried a window, probably tried the east door, west door, whatever, but he, they could not get in, but they saw Jesus, and here was Jesus there. And, they, and the, this... This paralyzed man wanted to get in there and wanted so hard because he knew if I get there, Jesus is going to heal me. And so here's Jesus and he's talking about the kingdom and he's talking about why he's there and he's talking about how he's going to, he's come, he's basically come to see their life change. And all of a sudden Jesus is talking and I'm paraphrasing this. And probably something fell on his head, and he just wipes it off, and you know, see going on. Then all of a sudden, a lot of other things. And if you go up on the roof, this is what's happening. This paralyzed man and these four guys got onto the roof. Now the paralyzed man was probably throwing up there, you know, you know. And so what they're doing? They're tearing off the roof. They're they're, they're they couldn't get any other way, so they're going to go from the top. Could you imagine the homeowner? What would you have done? You would probably got your shotguns and get off my roof, you know. And so here they are. They're tearing the tiles out. They're taking the straw out. They're pushing through the roof. And all of a sudden, Jesus is there. You know, he's just, he just preaching. And all of a sudden, here comes that paralyzed man. And he comes in front of Jesus. And there's a whole religious thing going on here. And Jesus is confronting religious things. But here's what Jesus does to this man. He says, your sins are forgiveness. Take up your mat and walk. And the man takes up his mat and walks out of that house. This is what I get from that story. This is what so impressed me. He sought out Jesus because he knew Jesus was the healer. Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that heals. He knew that. 
And nothing was going to stop him. He didn't look at Jesus as God. Why is this happening to me? Why didn't you come sooner and heal me? Why did you allow this to happen? No, he didn't do that. What he did is he was so passionate about finding the healer. He did whatever it took to get him to the place of healing. See, you need other people, but here's the foundational need. You need to seek after Jehovah Rapha. You need to seek Jesus. And you need to do it passionately. You needed to do it with all your heart. You need to do it. This guy had been, been paralyzed for 18 years. He was passionate about getting with Jesus. I don't know about how many other people. I didn't even know if I'm that passionate about tearing someone's roof up to get to Jesus. But listen, we have to have that such that passion, that heart to seek after Jesus. And I don't know if anybody in this room has been there yet. But I tell you what, that's where we need to be. We need to be so strong and so passionate, so determined to seek after Jesus and seeking after Him. And it sounds pretty elementary, but it isn't. It's something that we need to bring back in our lifestyle, that that's what we do. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added upon us. You know, I've gone through a pretty difficult time of depression. And so I'm talking to you as someone who's been through it. I'm not talking to you about someone who hasn't and just giving you a lot of notes. I'm telling you what, this is what I had to do. It didn't just come because I said, Jesus, take away. It came because I decided I needed help, got people around me to encourage me to do the things in the natural, but I needed a supernatural event in my life. And the only way I can get a supernatural event is to hang out with a supernatural guy. And to hang out in the presence of the Lord. And I needed to fight for that. Because something was fighting against me from going there. And I remember times in my basement. So discouraged. So depressed. That I had to change. I had to make a decision that I'm going to seek out the word of God. No matter how I felt. Even though I didn't hear anything at first. Even though there wasn't. It was so hard it seemed to get to that place. I didn't stop. I remember reading and crying out in the Psalms, and it says, God, you say you'll bring me through the fire, that you'll bring me through the water, but it also says you're going to set me up on high. And so that's what we need to do, is seek with all of our heart. You've got to understand that depression, that discouragement is a lie. It is not true. It is not who you are. It is not what you've become. It, the circumstances around you are false compared to the truth of God. And those facts that maybe you brought you to the place, God can change facts and make you live in His truth of abundance, His truth of love, His truth of purpose, His truth of faith and joy in troubled times. Because we try to fix ourselves, and you cannot fix yourself. You can't self-medicate yourself. You need the Holy Spirit of God to come down and heal you. Psalms 147.3 says this, He heals the brokenhearted, and He binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted, and He binds up the wounds. If it's anxiety, if it's worries, if it's fear, if it's depression, 
If you've had thoughts of suicide, if you're going through some hard times right now, let me tell you something. Jesus Christ is the surgeon of your soul, and he's ready to go down deep in those wounds and heal them. Say, Sean, that's me. I can't keep on going the way I've been living. Listen, you can't. You've got to decide that. Listen to these words. Isaiah 61.1 Listen to the passion of this. This is Jesus. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and the prisoners will be that is Jesus vision that is his heart that is his passion that's why he left his comfortable place in heaven to come on this earth so you and I may be free that we can be set free from the pain we can be set free from all the depression that's come upon us and he's got the key and he's here to unlock it and to give it to you and to set you free. And he's not holding anything back, but you've got to make the decision to take the mask off, to get help, to seek people around you, but seek out the supernatural Jehovah Rapha, the Christ that heals you, and he is ready to heal you right now, to take this weight and this baggage off of you. Are you willing today? Are you willing to allow the Lord to help you with those shackles, those addictions, and to break it free. He's healed for you right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes right where you're at. The Lord is here to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace where nothing's missing, nothing's broken in your life. He is here. So, Father, right now, I pray that you will bring us all to a place of healing in our lives that only you can. Everyone's eyes closed, everyone's head bowed, please, and just continue to pray. I want to talk to you for a second. You as a Christ follower, you may have been following Christ for a year, for just maybe even just months, or maybe 25 years, I don't know. But you've never experienced maybe that true freedom. Something caught you today when I said that there's always something that's nagging inside of you that's causing discouragement, that's causing sadness. There's a joy that you can have. Your life might have been ruled by anxiety. Your life might be ruled by fear or by depression. You may always think that you're never good enough. What Jesus wants to do today, He wants to help you where your focus is on Him. It's not about who you aren't. It's about who He is. You might be in here, maybe you walked away from the Lord and you just have this feeling of guilt and shame. I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants to heal you and set you free today, every single one of you. Say, Pastor Sean, I'm ready. I'm ready for a clean slate. I'm ready to kick depression out of my life. And by the Lord's help, that's going to happen. I want to know that joy. I want to know that peace right now in my life. 
So with no one looking around, everyone's eyes closed, I want you to make that decision here. Hands went up all over first service because I know this is a subject that people deal with. And I want to pray with you, but I want you to make that decision that you're going to seek out help, but you're going to seek the Lord. And I believe right now, right where you're at in those chairs, the Lord's going to comfort you and He's going to start the healing process. If not, completely do the job today. If you desire that, as a point of obedience, I want you to lift your hand right where you're at and you can put it back down. Okay, my hand's up too because I want more freedom. Anybody else? Keep on. You can put your hands down. I mean, your hand's going up all over the place. I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to receive it by faith. I'm going to pray that this is going to be a fresh start. There's going to be a freshness in your life right now. Vision's going to start coming in your life. Purpose, the plans, the pursuits of God are going to come in because that wall of depression is going to be broken. So Jesus, we come right now and we thank you. We ask you to do a healing touch that only you can do. Because God, you are our healer. This world brings so much pain, Lord, so much suffering in our lives. In fact, we have a lot to do with it. But I pray right now that, God, there's going to be a fresh start for the wounds that are hurting God, that, Father God, your healing anointment is there right now in Jesus' name, healing those wounds. And you're bringing healing to our lives in Jesus' name, and we receive it. That, God, we make, we're going to do everything that we know to do. We're going to seek out help, and we're going to seek you as passionately as we know we can. But, God, you're going to make up the difference, Lord, right now. And I pray that every single one of us will never know a time, a moment of depression again in Jesus' name. And those bags are off, and freedom has come in the name of Jesus. And we receive it now in Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord and just receive it from Him. We receive it now, Lord. We receive it from You. It's a fresh start. It's a new beginning. This is a new day. It's a new season. And Father God, we rely on You. Those circumstances are not the problem at all anymore because we give them to You, Lord. We cast our care upon You and You care for us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Bow your heads one more time. No one looking around. If you say, Pastor Sean, I'm here today. I'm just kicking the tires. But something you said touched my heart. I know I need more. I need something. I I feel such a void in my life. And I'm tired of going through this place alone. I have friends, but I still feel lonely. Let me tell you what your need is. is to have Jesus come in your life and radically change you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Sean, I need more. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to give Him my life. You may not even understand what that means yet. 
but you know you need him. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I want to pray with you today. Because the only way to fight depression, the only way to have good, real joy, real love, real peace, it comes through Jesus Christ. And he came, he died for you so that you and I might live. There's no one perfect in here, but Jesus is perfect. And he's waiting here to receive you right now. But it's your choice. And this is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you want to do that today, you want to make that decision to follow Christ, to start this new journey with him, I want to pray with you. So if you're here, I want you to raise your hand if you want to do that. Anybody here? Okay, you can put your hands down. Okay, you can put your hands down. Okay, this is the start of something great. Anybody else? God's going to come into your life and change it completely. Back in August of 1983, I gave my life completely to the Lord. And He changed my life and I've never looked back. And he is always there for me. Anybody else that you say, I need to give my life to Christ right now. Okay, let's pray. I want you to pray after me. I want you to repeat this prayer. I want you to mean with all your heart. Jesus is going to meet you right where you're at today. Today is going to be a new beginning for you. It's going to be a time where he comes into your life and welcomes you into the family. Your sins are going to be forgiven, past, present, and future. You've got it made with him as long as you follow after him with your heart. Let's pray. Pray after me. Repeat this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. I ask your son Jesus to come into my life, to make me new, to give me a fresh start. I thank you for your healing. And I give you all of my life. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we are here for you. And I ask this, if you look in your bulletins right now, there is a thing we call the connection card. If you could fill that out and put, on the, and put a check on the box, I received Jesus, my Lord and Savior. This is what I want to do for you. I want to personally pray for you, but also I want to send you some information. What's the next steps? Because there is next steps. This is just the beginning of an awesome journey. But we're here to help you as a family. So if you could put that in in just a few minutes, the offering uh, plates are going to go by you. Just put it in there, and we'll send you some information this week on what is the next step for you to do. Amen? Come on, give God glory right now. Just praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to worship. And I...